everyone, I'm Ari Meglin here with Rachel Poley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. We are on episode 25 and this week we're talking about general questions writers hate to get. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show and if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like. So today is a milestone episode and we are talking questions that writers hate to get. Well, at least these are ones that we're not fond of. Maybe you love these questions. Who knows? So I'm going to start us off. And the question I have always hated receiving as a writer is, when will you be finished? (laughs) And I think I hate this question because I do take a long time to write my stories. That probably comes because I have a lot of them and I bounce around crazily and I don't seem to have a habit of finishing one and moving to the next one. I get halfway through and then have a moment and move to another one and get halfway through that and then bounce to another one which has been an issue and I appreciate that is an issue but I do understand and I know that that is not the best way to do it and I have been a lot better recently and I've been more focused on one or two (laughs) stories I honestly did try with one and then I shifted again and went to two but I've only been working on two really just two and I am actually a lot closer. One of them is finished, the first draft is finished, and it's with my alpha reader, who's had it forever because he's really busy. And the other one is, I think it's like 70,000 words done, so that's not too bad. But I don't like this question because it suggests that there's some form of timeline that writers need to stick to, and that is just not the case. Some writers can churn out a book in a month, some writers can do it in three months, some can do it in a year, some can take 10 years. And that includes some of the big name writers and famous writers and non-famous writers. But the simple fact is there is no time limit. And you also don't know what someone else is doing, what their responsibilities are or what's going on in their life. So saying, oh my gosh, you're still writing this? It's like, yeah, but you don't know what I've had to go through. You don't know the things that have taken up time that have affected the writing process. It's, it's just not a good question to ask and it's usually asked in that kind of oh you're still writing this aren't you finished that's that's the issue I have I love the attitude (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you know the thing is when people ask you that it's it's never another writer that asks you that it's always somebody who doesn't understand the writing process so When they say, oh, how, like, when are you going to be finished with that? How are you still writing that book? They're just thinking about life. They think that when you sit down at the computer and start writing a book, you just write. And then it's magically finished within like a couple of hours. And there's no editing needed. You don't need to look for an editor. You don't need to look for a cover artist or a publisher or anything like that. They think everything is just done willy nilly. And that is not the case in any way, shape or form. And the writing process itself is so hard. But then, as you said, you have all these life things going on that you need to fit in the time to work on your book. And I mean, I'm, I'm so guilty. Like, I've been working on the first book of my mystery novel since 2011. So, <laughs> yay! <laughs> We're in it for the long haul, people. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an overnight thing. A question that... I hate to get. And this isn't necessarily a bad question, but it's a hard question to answer. It's, what's your book about? And any writer, I can guarantee, hates getting this question. If you're talking to another writer, 
about your books and about the writing process and you say, what's your book about? You can like discuss it. That's easy because the other writer knows exactly what you're going through. We all know how hard it is to write a book. We all know how ridiculous we sound when we try to hype up our book, but readers and non-writers don't understand that. It's like they think that they can ask what your book is about and you have this whole grand scheme planned out and you'll just sit down and talk about it and have all these great plot twists and cool trends and all this fun stuff. But that's not the case. When when we talk about our books, we think it sounds ridiculous and we're self-conscious that nobody's going to like it or nobody's going to want to read it. And if you tell somebody what your book is about and they, they just stand there and nod their head, what's going on in my mind is that, oh my God, this person thinks I'm stupid and I can tell right away that they're like, oh, this book is never going to sell. <laughs> That is so true. And I have to say, my idea, my concept is that writing the blurb is the hardest part of the writing process. And the blurb is literally what the book's about. It's that part that you can say to someone and it grabs them. It's the bit on the back or the elevator pitch. And yet it's the, it's the hardest thing for writers to write. You know, 200,000 words, ugh, nothing, we can do that. Writing a small couple of paragraphs to explain what the book's about to get someone interested. No, no, we are awful <laughs> at that. There are formulas out there, infographics, people have broken down things you should include, like who the character is, what they do, you know, some of the interesting aspects of it. And it is still so hard to write. And even when you have a kind of blurb written, because I have a couple of blurbs for my stories, and they still sound like shit. They, to me, even though I've told, I've told people and um, they've been like, oh, that sounds okay. I'm still going, really? Because it sounds shit to me. Like, seriously. It's, how are you, how are you thinking it's okay? It, it, as I'm saying it, I'm going, oh, just stop talking. Just no, just back away slowly from these people. They don't need to know this drivel that you're writing. Well, then you think that they're just being nice too. You know, it's like you explain what's, what it's about and they're like, oh, that sounds great. I'd love to read it. And it's like, no, you don't. You liar. You're lying to me. <laughs> you, you just nod and you're like, oh, great. I'm glad. Thanks so much. <laughs> but let's be real here. Nobody knows what their book is about until they finish it. Yeah. So when you're in the middle of writing a story and people are like, what's it about? And it's like, I don't know. There's this character and they're doing stuff. <laughs> that, that's it. And they meet this person and they do more stuff. <laughs> That's it. I think there's some where it's really easy. It's like, oh, there's a quest and they're going to find the magical gemstone that will turn everybody into icicles. Who knows? But then that's great if you've got a really simple, stupid plot like that. Don't write that plot. That's awful. I want to <laughs> but, read that book. <laughs> Someone will be putting in the comments. Oh my God, that sounds great. <laughs> but coming out with our own, because we were talking about this earlier and one of the issues I have is I'm always terrified of spoiling my book by blurting something out that, that readers would have loved to have found out as they read. So I literally, it's like, oh, there's a guy and a, you know, a woman and there's a car. That's it. <laughs> and that, that would be my blurb. I just try and I, I take out all the interesting parts because I worry that I'm going to ruin it for someone. And so I have the world's worst blurb. <laughs> true. It's so true. <laughs> Let us move on, because you said something, where people get all excited and say, can I read your stuff? 
And that's the next question. Now, I'm going to preface this because obviously, as writers, we do need people to read our stuff. And we're talking about before it's published. Because obviously, if someone said, I'd love to read your stuff, and it was a published book, we wouldn't be going, Ugh, what a, I don't like that question. It'd be, no, oh my God, here, take my book. Give me your money. It's great. However, this is the question when you haven't finished your book. And to preface it again with a sort of a caveat, this is not about people who are going to be beta readers or critique partners. This is the question you get when you say, I'm a writer. And someone says, can I read your stuff? And you're thinking, you don't know what I'm writing about. So you could really, really like historical fiction and I could be writing, you know, erotica and it's just not the sort of thing you would want to read. So why, why jump in with this, can I read your stuff? It's frustrating because then we have to kind of backpedal and, and sort of like, well, you might not be my target audience and I don't want to get a lot of feedback from you telling me how it's not something you want to read and you don't like this character because you're not into this sort of thing. So it's, it's just not a good question. If you don't know the writer, if you don't know the sort of thing they write, if you haven't heard about any of their stuff, if you haven't read any snippets or some teasers, yeah, I don't, I don't like that question. Just randomly thrown out. I like how final that was. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like that question. <laughs> no, no question. Whenever I get that question, I always tell them, sure because they always forget about it. They never follow up. They never truly want to read your stuff. So I just nod and I'm like, yeah, sure, you can read it. And I'll try to come up with some sort of excuse in a way and say, yeah, you can read it after I finish this chapter or after I finish this certain part. And they say, okay, great, send it when it's ready. And I never hear from them ever again. <laughs> so I just, so I don't even need to worry about saying no and trying to cover my bases and say oh well you wouldn't like this character or anything like that I just I'm just like yeah sure whatever that's good I, I need to start doing that <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound like loads of people are going oh my god I want to read your stuff it's like no that, mm -hmm. that, that does not happen and it, ma it makes me seem nicer too <laughs> yeah I don't know if I want Hitting, to here I am nice. blabbing up my secrets <laughs> <laughs> but to bounce off of that another question that I hate to get is can I be in your book? I haven't gotten this question in a really long time. I used to get it a lot when, mostly when I was still in high school and college and stuff. And I would tell my classmates that I want to be a writer. They'll be like, oh, can I be in your book? What do you mean you want to be in my book? Do you want me to name a character after you? Do you want to, like, I write murder mysteries. Sure, you can be in my book. You're the victim. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the kind of mood I am in right now. You can be the victim. How about that? <laughs> I bet some people would love that. They'd be like, oh, yeah, I got to get murdered in a book. I don't like to be asked that because I don't like to be asked that because I like the idea of giving that option to people as a speciality. I've seen it with other authors and they do it really well, where if you maybe sign up for their newsletter and they have a giveaway, the prize could be be named in my next novel, be a character, you know, anything like that. And I like the idea of making it something special that you offer to people and you offer it because they were awesome enough to join your newsletter. They were awesome enough to sign up for your pre-sale giveaway, something like that. It's a special thing rather than just, can I be in your book? And because we have had that from people, if everybody who asked 
wanted to be in the book? Where would the original characters be that we created? And then what can happen is if you let one person be in your book and then someone else finds out about that, then they might ask and then the next book has to have another character and then you're having to turn people down and it's like, well, the other person was in your book, why can't I be? And I might be making a big mountain out of a molehill and assuming things that don't actually happen and people wouldn't get in a tizzy about not being in the book if somebody else was in the book. But it's one of those things, I just overthink things and I just think it's better if it's up to the author, they do it as a speciality, as a prize or an offer for awesome fans. I think that's better rather than just asking, can I be in your book? Right. Because I, I have seen authors do that if they have a Patreon page or something or just even in their newsletter and they will do something like that for their fans. And I do think that's a great idea. But the other thing is it can be touchy to write somebody in your book, even if they ask for it, because they could always come back and say, I don't look like that. I don't act like that. That's not how I would sound or anything like that, because some people, they do take it seriously. And they say, when they say, can I be in your book? They want to be in your book. Like they want you to write them as they are. And depending on the kind of book you're writing and the situations that the characters get into, that's not the case. And the other thing is when people ask that question, they don't realize just what goes into creating characters and their development. There's a lot of background stuff that happens when creating a character and some authors can just pick out a character name like that and other authors really like harp over what they should name their character and they really think deeply on it. So it's difficult to base a character off of a real person depending on what you're actually writing. Yeah, I have seen I have seen it with one with one author I, I like to read. And what she did was she had a critique group that she worked with. And what she did was she used their names only. So she, she would, I assume it with, with permission. <laughs> so she took their names and named her characters, the, the, the people from her critique group. So the characters may have looked different. I think one, they even changed it from like either a young person to an old person or from a man to a woman, but they took the name, the, the main part of the name and made the character named that, but that person was not a representation of the character. Does that make sense? Because as I'm saying that, that sounds really mental, but I think I know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was okay. But again, I think it should always be up to the author. I don't think it's the best idea to request it. I think I don't think it's right to put the author in an uncomfortable position saying, no, I don't want you in my book. Ugh. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And I mean, the other thing is too, like with the names, and that's totally fine because it's so innocent and you're just using the name. I mean, seriously, how many people are out there named Ari or how many people are named Rachel? So it, it's like, I could name a character Ari in my book, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's based off of you. It's yeah. just... I liked the name and it fit that particular character. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, that sounded really clunky, didn't it? I was like, okay. <laughs> keep so, it moving, keep it moving. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to the next question that we hate. Um, and that is, will you write my idea? Now, this can come in different forms, such as, I've got a really good idea for a story. Maybe you could write it for me. And then we'll split the profits. And again, this comes from someone who is obviously not a writer, someone who has obviously not been aware of the writing process and situation. And the idea that they can just sort of dump a little 
snippet of an idea on you and then you can spend all the time writing it for it to be split 50 50. now first of all if you want someone to be a ghost writer which is what that is where some other person writes your story for you and they're the ghost writer that's fine that is a paid job as it should be and there are professional ghost writers out there now what you find is people who ask for that aren't wanting you to ghostwrite. They aren't coming here saying, hey, I love how you write. I want to give you money so you write for me. They're saying, hey, I love how you write. Do it for free and then I can gain from the back of it. We hate that. We really hate that. Writing is a very intense job, if you will. It is a hobby for people. We do love what we do. We do love writing, but that does not mean we should and can just give up loads of our time to write other people's work. We should be compensated. That is why ghost writers exist. They are a, a group of writers who specifically write other people's work for them. If you want a ghostwriter, then find a ghostwriter. Don't come up to random writers and say, write my idea. It's like, we don't want that. We have our own ideas. We don't need to write yours too. <laughs> we have our own ideas and way too many of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe we should get ghostwriters. <laughs> I know, really. I mean, at this rate, I, I've been working on mine for almost 10 years now. So yeah, I guess that would probably be a wise decision on my part. <laughs> but the other thing is too, whenever I receive that question, will you write my idea? It's always from someone who has never read my work before. Like I could be a totally crappy writer and you want me to write your idea and then publish it. And then just, what, see how it goes? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's, you know? odd. it's odd. That, that it's almost like, oh, you're a writer and you're, you're, I can just grab hold and just, yeah, we can split this. And it's like, no, no. no. <laughs> but also, I think they just want the bragging rights too. It's like, oh, if, if this book does well, that I gave her that idea. That was, that was on me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my brains behind the operation. <laughs> I think that's it. It's like most, most like biographies or like books from celebrities are not written by celebrities because most of these celebrities are not writers. So obviously they use ghostwriters. And it's like, when you're a celebrity, you probably have a nice pick of ghostwriters and people want to read your, well, I assume people do. I'm not into that sort of stuff, but so people want to read about the lives of celebrities and everything. But if you're just coming up with a little idea, it's like, well, try and write it yourself it's like yes writing is hard yes it's difficult but the more you do it the more you get better and it is actually quite fun so i think people see it and go oh it's so much work i just want the reward at the end and it's like no 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 just no right and the people who ask that question it's like okay so you do know the process and the work that it that goes into writing a book even though you say you don't but you clearly do, because obviously you would try it yourself. And I mean, and you know what? That's the hard thing. If, pe if you want to write a book, guys, just, just do it. Just start. I mean, that's like hard advice to give because it's difficult to just jump into something and start it, but just do it. We, we, you know, we've all been there and that's how, that's how you start. You just have to do it. But with that said, on the flip side, I've gotten questions from people saying, will you read my stuff. And this one, I don't necessarily mind getting. I don't mind reading other people's things, but 
a common piece of advice is never let your friends and family read your work or critique your work. And I, I don't fully back that. I do think if you, if you have supportive friends and supportive family, and if you have writers among your friend group or your family, I don't think it's a bad idea to let them read your stuff. And it's not a bad idea for you to read their stuff. But sometimes, but it can get annoying when somebody just knows that you're a writer and they'll just come up to you and say, hey, I wrote a book. It's brilliant. Could you read it and let me know what you think? That kind of question, unprompted like that, it's like usually they've never read your work before and they're just under the assumption that you're an expert on writing books just simply because you're a writer. And I will say this again, I've been working on my book for almost 10 years. If I was an expert in writing, it would not be taking me this long. <laughs> I don't know, it took, it took um, Michelangelo all those years to paint the Sistine Chapel. It's like, this is a time, careful time that's necessary. Yeah. I'd rather take longer than just like churning out in a month personally, but. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the question, will you read my stuff? Obviously, if it's a writer that you know, if they are coming to you because they want you to be a beta reader or a critique partner, that is okay. Again, I think it needs to be that they know what sort of books you're interested in. It shouldn't just be, oh, you're a writer. You need to read my book. You know, I have, I've had people come to me and ask me to read their stuff who I've never met, I've never contacted. And then when I've asked them, well, am I your target audience? What is your book about? It's been something that's so outside of what I would read. And it's like, well, what, what could you gain from me reading that? My feedback's not going to be great because I, I hate that genre or I hate that style. And if you want a review, it's not going to be good either. And also with a lot of beta reading and critique parties, what you'll find is the most, most people who do that, if they are writers themselves, there's kind of a, what is the word? like reciprocity so it's like you will agree to do to to beta read their work they will agree to beta read your work so you'll often find writers who are compatible with stories so that you can sort of swap their work if you're just coming up to random people saying i want you to read my stuff it's a bit different and it's and also there's there's the legality issue whereas if you're a published author and you're reading somebody else's stuff there are legal issues with that because if you come up with an idea that's even remotely similar to that idea that that person wrote, even if you took the book and then never read it and then just deleted it, they can turn around and go, oh, you copied. It's like, there's a reason why a lot of published authors, if you go on their websites, on the uh, FAQ page, it says, can you read my stuff? And they're like, legally, no, I don't read other people's unsolicited, unpublished work. So you've got to think about that when you're asking what is the reason you want you want that person to read that book? Do you know that person? Have you even had any contact with them? I mean, if you're literally popping out of the woodwork saying, hey, read my stuff. It's like, and, and, and who are you? You know, it's, it's odd. It's very odd. We've all gotten those emails before. Oh, seriously. <laughs> As I'm currently getting all over LinkedIn. Seriously, the number of people who I've never met are like, hey, here's my new book or here's my new story or would you read my yeah. thing? And it's like, no, I have no interest in the history of mining. <laughs> First impressions are everything, guys. Yes. Just saying. Yes. So we'll bounce to the next question, which is, can I get a free copy of your book? So if you're a published author and you have a novel out or a nonfiction book out, the idea of someone coming and just asking for a free copy is 
kind of shit because if you're writing books, you're hoping to mostly, obviously not everyone, but you're mostly trying to make a business out of it, make a living out of it. You put all that effort in. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have compensation, monetary compensation for all that time and effort. So for people to just randomly come to you wanting a free copy, that's not great. Obviously, if you're talking about a friend, actually, no, I'm still, I'm still not happy with that because really, if you choose to give your friends and family free copies, awesome, you do that. There's nothing wrong with that. If they come up to you assuming they deserve a free copy just because they're a friend or a family member, no, I don't like that. Not a fan. Not a fan at all. It should, again, be up to the author to decide whether or not they want to give free copies. Some people do it as a giveaway. Some people do it as if they're bringing out another book. Maybe the first book in the series is on special offer for uh, free for a limited time. So it can be part of a marketing campaign. And if you're just, ah, I want a free copy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tacky. Don't do it, people. It's tacky. I was just going to say that. It's tacky. That's like <laughs> the perfect word for it. I mean, I'll be totally honest. I have a list of people that whenever I publish a book, I have a list of people that I will give free copies to. Yeah. And I figure out that list based on the support and the encouragement and just that overall like community that those people have given me, whether they're writers or readers or family or friends or just anyone. But when I self-published my first book last year, I had that list and I was trying to figure out, you know, distribution and all that fun stuff. And those people were texting me and they were like, oh, I just bought your book. I can't wait to read it. And I was like, no, why? Stop. <laughs> I was like, I was supposed to give you a free copy. And they were like, no, like, this is, this is how we support you. And Aww. it's true. If you want to support an author, you have to buy their book. I mean, you can you can help them market it. You can spread the word on social media all you want. But the, the real way to support an author is to buy their book. And I'll go ahead and say this, that you're not going, you can be friends with writers who write in different genres that you don't necessarily care about. So if you don't want to buy their book, that's totally fine. It, like if you're not going to read it and you can just market, help them market and spread the word on social media. And that's totally fine. But if you're, friends with a writer and you know you've supported them throughout the entire process helping the market isn't really enough like you you should show your full support by buying the book and i mean if it's an ebook it's only like two or three dollars anyway yeah you know so it's just it's that little boost it's not much but it's just that little boost of confidence and encouragement and it really really helps and makes the writer's day yeah I think what you said about like you had a plan to give a free copy to people and then they were buying the book. It's like that that's the thing, is it? It's like the people who support you the most, who you're like, I want to give a free copy to, you people are awesome, are the people who would be the first ones going, I'm gonna buy your book. Yep. I, I suppose the only way what, what you could do is you could flip it and be like, if they bought the paper copy, you say, Here's a, a free copy of the ebook. So you've got that as well if you ever go in anywhere, or vice versa, if they bought the ebook, you can send them a paper copy, or maybe sign the paper copy. You know, that's possible. Yeah, but there's different ways to go about it. <laughs> but yeah, as you say, it's like it's. I can imagine that that is quite. You know, oh yeah, I'm gonna give you a free book. Oh, they boy, damn it! <laughs> I'll reimburse you. Here's some cash. <laughs> give you a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> got the giggles now. 
I know, I know. <clears throat> this is what happens when we have coffee and tea. Oh, seriously. Um, but kind of reverting backwards, I mean, speaking of free copies, but also going back to, you know, your first question where you said, when will you be finished? Or are you still writing that? Another common question is, do you think you'll ever be published? And again, this kind of goes along with the first one. And people don't always understand how long it actually takes to write a book. But also people don't understand the publishing process. There are so many different ways to go about publishing your book. You can go traditionally published where some publishers will allow you to represent yourself and you can just go straight to the publisher. But there are others where you need to go through an agent. So you need to query agents, which can take a couple of years. And then once you have an agent, they query the publishers, which could take another couple of years. And then even after you get a publisher, publishing the actual book can take a couple of years. Or you can go a self-published route, which can still take a long time because then you need to do everything yourself. You need to figure out a marketing plan. You need to hire an editor. You need to hire a book cover artist. And it's not, it's not an overnight thing. I think people think that once you have an idea for a book, you just sit down and write. And that's just, that's not the case. Like, have you ever, have you ever played The Sims? I haven't, no, but I do know about them. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I played The Sims a lot and I live vicariously through my Sims and then I get jealous of their life and then I stop playing for a little while. But if a Sim becomes a writer, it takes them 30 hours in the game to write a book from start to finish. And then the moment they finish it, you, they get a call from their publisher and they're like, ah, here's your first royalty check. And like, that's how it works. And I wish that's how it worked in real life, but it doesn't. And I think people really do think that you just sit down, write a book and it's like, boom, published. It's like you just hit a submit button and it's everywhere on Amazon, <sighs> Barnes and Noble, everywhere. <laughs> That would be good. Could we could we have that button? Do you think someone could make that button? Because I would buy that button. <laughs> I would too. I would pay a lot of money for that button. And then probably not make the money back. <laughs> <laughs> Spend it all on a button. And it'll think, save me time. <laughs> I think what you you said something about that where it was like obviously you can do publishing with traditional publishing and it can take years. That is something that so many writers don't even realize that just even if you get signed it's not like wow in two months your book's going out it's like no actually it isn't it is going to take a long time and if you're self-published not only do you have to do everything you have to pay for it all and i don't know about you but most people don't have a few thousand sitting around an account that they could just spend on a book cover designer and editors for their work and everything like that you have to save for that like you have to save for anything and depending on your circumstances and your finances and life and all the other shit that gets thrown at you it might take a while to save up to to publish your book um so yeah it's not this you know oh it's taking ages like yeah it might take ages and also not everybody wants to be published some writers honestly just love writing as a hobby they'll put it on wattpad they'll share their share their work on a blog and that is it they don't have any interest in being published it's not everybody's end goal they kind of assume everybody's following the same path that question kind of gets annoying and also the way it's like do you think you'll ever be published it's like we appreciate that it's difficult if you want to be a traditional published author we appreciate it's difficult if you want to be a self-published author because of how much cost and time and 
hat you have to wear. That sounds like you wore time as well, doesn't it? That sounds like it made, like, made it out that you wore time on your head. <laughs> we'll just skip past that. So it's, it's like, yeah, we know that it's not the easiest thing and that there's a lot of writers out there who may never get published because they will struggle with the finances, they will struggle to get a, to get, become a traditional published author, but that shouldn't stop them trying. So that question of like, do you think you'll ever be published? It's done in a very negative way. I've heard it in a very negative way. This kind of like, you know, looking down your nose, like, do you think you will be published? Mm. Do you know how hard it is to get published? Yeah, yeah, we do. We know how hard it is to be traditionally published. We know how hard and costly it is to be um, self-published. We know that doesn't stop us wanting to do it. And we don't need that shitty attitude. She says with her own shitty attitude. This is such a bitter episode. I love it. (laughs) It is. This is our milestone episode where we gripe about everything. (laughs) But you know what the other thing is too? Oh, shoot. What was my point? It literally just left my my head. I'm going to keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we can't have tea and coffee before we start recording. Feeling so buzzed. I know, really. Coffee is still better than tea, by the way. We haven't mentioned that in a while, but I just wanted to reiterate. I'm not, I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. I, oh, oh, I remember. <laughs> Usually the people who ask, do you think you'll ever be published, are the type of people who don't believe you're a writer until you're published. Yes. That's yes. it. That's all I have, but... <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's, uh, and they're usually the people that don't believe you're a real writer until you've been traditionally published with one of yeah. the big five, six, I don't know how many publishing houses that are cost as big. That's, that is the only time you're a, a, a real writer. And yes. using the term real, we're going to jump to the next question, which is the one I think it probably ties with the first question for how much I hate it, which is why I put it at the end. <laughs> and that is don't you want a real job i hate this question so much because it seems to suggest that being a writer is not real we're all a figment of your imagination and the fact that there are so many writers out there authors out there who are making a full-time living and this is not just the big names there are self-published authors who have managed to quit their day jobs and be full-time writers it is a job and even if you only do it part-time even if you carry on with your studies if you carry on with a full-time job it doesn't make it not a job it doesn't it's not I don't know what this real what what is so real about other jobs compared to this it still takes a lot of time and effort till it still takes skill and practice I don't know. I just, I don't know. Where, where do these people get these stupid ass questions? It's just the fact that it's art. For some reason, there's this stigma around art that art is not real. It doesn't make you money. It's not a real job. You can't make a living as an artist or a writer or anything for that matter. I don't understand when or how that started, but there is just this stereotype around artists that it's like, oh, or like the starving artist or something. You know what? We like being broke, maybe. Has anybody ever thought of that? Maybe we like not having money, okay? Maybe we, we like doing it. something that we're passionate about and that makes us happy, okay? <laughs> I think what always got me about the concept that the art jobs are less than, and I used to see that in school 
where drama and art and music were, were never given the same importance as maths and science and English. And fine, I am not saying that maths and science and English are not important. I'm saying parts of that aren't important. Like seriously, I have not used algebra since I left school. So let's be honest, some of that stuff, unless you're going into specific fields, isn't useful anyway. But I digress. The arts, some of the biggest paid people are in the arts. Some of the biggest musicians, actors, writers. You know, I mean, I guarantee Stephen King's making more than most people have in their regular job. I'm sorry yeah. to think of a, a musician that people will actually know. <laughs> I'm aware of my age and I might just say something. There are bands and musicians who make so much money with an art you know, with their music, with their singing. Let's be honest, look at the, the, the A-list celebrities in the acting world. No one's going, oh yeah, they, they, they're not, they need a real job. You know, they need to become a plumber and, 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 and work and for not as good a wage, although plumbers are getting more these days. And that's, so it's like, who said that the arts aren't real jobs when so many rich people literally go and pay even more money for a piece of artwork that's like awfully painted like a slash of color and then they're spending a million on it it's like seriously we're no the arts are quite good and they can be a real job if you want to use that term where you can make money people can make money and even if you even if you decide not to make a full-time living out of it or you aren't able to that doesn't make it less of a job it still can bring in money. It still takes time and effort and practice. So seriously, what is the difference? I hate it. Well, yeah, I mean, the, that's it. You, you think of actors in movies, TV shows, or plays or musicals or whatever, but where do people think the script came from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but write, writers are non-existent. <laughs> Actually, that, that's it, isn't it? You've got, you've got the script that's written by a writer. You've got the music and the score written by like composers and musicians. You've mm -hmm. got the props are made by people who do like sculpting and paper mache and all the other ways about like, metalwork and everything that can, I suppose that's not really classes art. I don't know. Uh, you know, you've got yeah, costume like designers, scenes, scene painters. Are you thinking, yeah, look at all these art people. Yeah. Who, are, who are working full-time jobs, who are keeping Broadway going, who are keeping movies going and theatre. You know, I don't know. That's, that's it. Maybe they need to go and tell Patrick Stewart that he's not doing a real job because he's an actor. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> oh, man. Even King needs to get a real job. Seriously. Is he just know, playing yeah. at writing? <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we, we hate that. We, we hate the idea that what we do, just because we enjoy what we do most of the time, not always, but most That's of it. the time, yeah, it doesn't make our job any less real or important in its own way. You're right, yeah. I'm not going to sit there going, our job's so important. Of course it's not. You put us next to a brain surgeon, of course it's not as important. <laughs> no. <laughs> the arts are important. They are needed. They're part of culture. They're part of history. They're part of you know, the vast tapestry of life. So they are needed. Well said. Very good. I applaud you. <laughs> <laughs> as long as someone does. Yay. That's why we do it, you know. For the applause, for the books. You don't need to be miserable in order for your job to be real. Yes. End of story. 
And to be fair, we can we can have misery. I mean, anyone who's had writer's block, anyone who's lost work, anyone who got to the end of their novel and thought, oh, I need to rewrite the whole thing because I didn't like the way it ended or there's a massive plot hole. We have misery. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure in a few of these podcast episodes, we've flat out told people that writing sucks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> we do try to remind people that we do love it, but yeah, we, we do. I know. That yeah. sucks. <laughs> okay, this episode feels like it's like really long and it's been going on forever. So I think we're going to end it now. <laughs> Go for it. We've been recording for almost an hour. Oh, wow. I think there's going to be a lot of cuts maybe we hope you enjoyed this episode do let us know what questions you hate to be asked as a writer leave them in the comments or on twitter using the hashtag the merry writer podcast if you want to get yourself some extra content head over to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the merry writer podcast you can support our show and get yourself some great rewards tune in next week for another episode of the merry writer podcast where we ask all the right questions thanks for listening bye bye this podcast is brought to you by Felt Tip Pens. We love to colour code. The music, titled Inspired, is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0. Bye.